I'm your host, David Nage. This is Baselayer, where institutional investors come to learn about crypto. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Baselayer podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of ARCA, where David Nage is a principal. ARCA is not responsible and does not verify for accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast series available for listening. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to educate and inform. The podcast series does not constitute financial advice or other professional advice or services. Please do your own research. This is David and this is your new episode of Baselayer. I have Maddie Taylor, the head of growth at Solana Labs with me today. Maddie, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me on the show, David. Really looking forward to this. As Maddie and I were talking about this before, I had Anatoly, uh, the founder of Solana, co-founder of Solana, on my show back on December 12th of 2018. And that makes me feel very old because that feels like 30 years ago when it was <laughs> only just about three plus years ago. But in crypto, you know, one year is 10 years. Um, so seeing Solana grow to where it is today, uh, and obviously we're going to talk a lot about uh, Solana Labs. We're going to talk about the difference between Solana and Solana Labs. We're going to talk about the hackathons that have been happening there over the last year um, and all the ecosystem growth that's been happening. But Maddie, what we like to do before we get too far into a specific project or ecosystem, we'd like to kind of touch with our guests what they did prior to this world um, how did you get inspired? What did you do before? And how did you wind up, you know, obviously working with Solana Labs? Sure. Um, so I guess my journey actually start, starts in college in like 2013, 2014, when I wrote my undergraduate thesis on, on Bitcoin. Um, started, you know, falling down the proverbial rabbit hole then and uh, haven't really got out since. So I, um, yeah, I got really into, into crypto then. Uh, I, I, at the time, you know, it was a pretty nascent industry. There wasn't that, that many ways to, to work in crypto. And so I, uh, I, once I graduated, I, I joined a company square, uh, moved up to San Francisco, um, and, and worked there just kind of in payments for, for three or four years. Um, and then 2017 kind of rolled around and obviously crypto took off in terms of adoption. And I was, pretty involved, um, just learning about, you know, Ethereum and, and all the kind of like smart contracts that, that were kind of being rolled out at the, at that time. And I learned about a project called zero X, which I, which I joined. It's a, it's for those that don't know, it's a decentralized exchange protocol, um, built, built on Ethereum. And so joined their team, um, and kind of saw, uh, DeFi take off, um, in, you know, 2018, 2019. Uh, and I think, that's that's still kind of stayed a, a primary interest of mine. Um, and then uh, around 2020, um, some of these new layer ones started to go to mainnet. And I learned about Solana and just thought that um, based on where I kind of saw DeFi and, and kind of the NFT space um, evolve, I thought Solana was a was a really interesting um, technical solution architecture to really scale that up to to billions of concurrent users. So, um, yeah, join join their team, 
in 2020 and have been there ever since on the Solana Labs uh, side. So, yeah. So I think a few things that are interesting there. One, I've always said this before myself and obviously on the show have always represented myself in the show to be knowledge maximalists. Not a Bitcoin maximalist, not an Ethereum maximalist, no single L1 maxi type of things coming out of my mouth. I've always said being a knowledge maximalist is always the best. And I think it's very interesting to see your kind of history, your path that obviously with Bitcoin, obviously then with Ethereum, obviously moving to Solana, it's okay people to actually (laughs) educate yourselves and learn about these things. You don't need to entrench. You don't need to join a tribe. You can learn about these things. And when you actually open your mind and you learn about these things, well, a lot of interesting things happen and you get to get involved with some really interesting projects and some things that are really building our future today. So, Maddie, thank you for that. That was fantastic. What I really want to focus on now, so obviously we've gotten your past and obviously going through the different uh, ecosystems with Solana. So as I said, I've, you know, I've known Anatoly for three years. I've been tracking Solana now for three plus years. And over the last you know, year and a half, we'll say, something really interesting happened that you, know, you start to see some significant, and I mean significant, interest in Solana. Now, what do we know about Solana? Obviously, if you guys go back to the three years ago with Anatoly, he talked to things about like proof of history. Um, and Anatoly was really smart. He was building you know, the kernels of Qualcomm, so really smart guy. Um, and so we won't go into the technicals of proof of history per se, but if you want to obviously Google search it or whatever you use to search, go ahead and do that. Um, but you know, Solana has been able to produce a network where the adage over the last few years, or I should say the rebuttal was that, oh, well, Bitcoin is at, you know, five or seven transactions per second. Ethereum is at like, a, you know, two to five, or maybe sometimes at 10 transactions per second. Um, well, Visa does this. And so that's always been the kind of the rebuttal from people that have been outside of this world to uh, what's been going on. And then Anatoly and Solana came about and they were able to produce pretty staggering numbers in terms of transactions per second and speed and throughput. Um, and so that all of a sudden started to take heed, especially as you alluded to Maddie with, you know, DeFi starting to take uh, serious uh, hold. You know, last year, I think DeFi total value locked went from about 18 billion to about 240 billion, just a small leap in numbers if you, uh, if you want to count for that. And obviously NFTs, NFT volume, especially on, you know, places like OpenSea and now Magic Eden, obviously on the Solana side, have started to really take, uh, take shape. Um, just, you know, last month in January, I think total volume was roughly about five or six billion dollars in NFTs um, just in January of 2022. And so curious to hear from your perspective, you know, I want to talk about Solana Labs and then, you know, I want to talk about why Solana has obviously had such a significant uh, kind of build. But let's talk about Solana Labs first and then go into that question. So what is Solana Labs and what do you do there? And let's talk about the bigger question at hand. Why has Solana started to take off over the last year and a half? Yeah, I, I probably just wanted to touch on one thing that you that you just mentioned about like Bitcoin versus Ethereum versus Solana um, versus another kind of like layer one um, is that I think at this stage, like it's important to know that I, I think Bitcoin in particular is, is kind of... Uh, solving a, a, a different issue than than what you see in kind of the smart contract chains. And mm-hmm. so I kind of like carve it out where it's, it's kind of 
trying to disrupt the central banking system, fiat currency, becoming this kind of like non-sovereign store of value and medium of exchange. And so kind of like push that aside and and kind of um, more interested in kind of like showing that, and this kind of speaks to maybe why Solana is growing so much is that, and, and Ethereum is growing as well, is that it's, it's very positive sum today, right? Um, and so to get to your question about like, what is Solana Labs? Um, I think, you know, it's important to know that that Solana, th- this network is is just this, this very large open source project with many different kind of participants. There's validators, there's developers, there's entrepreneurs building projects that have, you know, their own users. And so, you know, and and Solana Labs kind of fits in where we kind of do a few different things. But one one of the things that we do is we're one of the kind of developers of the the core protocol where we issue out kind of like upgrades that have to be, um, you know, selected by, by validators. But this is like a big focus for Solana Labs. And you know, folks like Anatoly, you, like you mentioned, has you know was the third person on your podcast. He's uh, he's obviously very involved with, an, with the whole engineering team on, on creating upgrades to improve the the kind of the core infrastructure, of the protocol that all of the ecosystem is built on top of. So that's that's the primary thing. Um, the engineering team also you know pushes out things like reference implementations um, and and tooling that that helps projects um, build on top of Solana. Um, and so that's, that's another pretty critical part of what we do. And then maybe more on the, the non-technical side, and, and this is, you know, where, where I come in and others on the team, but, um, it's, it's kind of first and foremost, just like education, like just trying to teach people about crypto broadly and Solana specifically about a lot of the, 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 the performance benefits that you, that you mentioned about the speed the transaction throughput, the composability, which maybe we can touch on, which I think is probably actually the biggest value prop of, of Solana today in, in the market. Um, and then specifically on kind of what, what I work on in addition to just education is um, trying to trying to grow the developer ecosystem. And I think, you know, we're, we're running a hackathon right now called Riptide. I think this is like one of the programs that we do with well, along with the community um to 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 help people learn about crypto and you know kickstart their their journey as entrepreneurs in the space so yeah hopefully that answered your question so let's talk about that so obviously and not obviously but for those that don't know i've had the pleasure of being a judge on ignition which was the hackathon before this and would love to hear some numbers from you because I had to review 568 submissions and that was, <laughs> that was no easy task. Um, you know, obviously we've seen numbers of submissions increasing, you know, hackathon over hackathon, if you will. Um, and they happen every few months. So we've seen, you can talk a little bit about that because it is a quite significant amount of increase in terms of the amount of submissions that have come to these hackathons over the last year. But one of the things I'd like you to address if you could, is what you all are doing with these hacker houses. Um, You know, this is really interesting because it's kind of, I don't want to use an analogy like a fire, but imagine there's a huge fire and you need as many firefighters as possible. You know, think of it as a different way. You have, you know, just a massive need right now for engineering talent uh, within the Solana ecosystem because you have so many people who want to build on there 
um, and you're starting to see such a significant em- emphasis on you know what's happening on Solana. So you have this massive need for engineering talent. Um, and so talk to us a little bit, you know, if you could, about that. So first start off with kind of the growth of these hackathons, kind of where they started at the beginning of 2020 to where they ended, obviously, with Ignition and then a Riptide. Um, and then talk about the talent, uh, the engineering talent, the dev talent. You know, how are you finding that? And obviously with the hacker houses, what kind of things are you guys doing as a team to be really innovative to try to drive more talent to the ecosystem? Yeah, for sure. Um, good questions. So I think um, I think it was in November or December of 2020 um, that we ran our first hackathon. And at at the time, um, it was it was actually like objectively very difficult to, to build on Solana. Um, a lot of the developer resources and tooling were just not built out yet. Um, and so it, it was, uh, as Anatoly says, like it was, it was, you know, you had to eat glass to be able to, to, to actually build out like a, like a DAP or a fully fledged product for the UI. So we were, we were kind of nervous about running in. So we, we really though, like kind of got community feedback and support with, with that first event where we invited a, you know, a bunch of ecosystem uh, projects and investors uh, to judge and, and contribute to the prize pool, and and you know you know it was it was pretty small at first. I think we had like a thousand registrations and about sixty six project submissions. But things like Jet Protocol, um, which is a popular lending protocol, and and Saber came out of that event. Um, Saber is a, a similar to Curve. It's an AMM uh, project for for stable swaps. Um, and, you know, that, I think that proved us that, that we had those kind of like two primary, um, examples of like, Hey, these are very, very legit projects, um, that, that, that can eat glass and actually like get to the finish line. Um, and so we, we just started to set a date, uh, a few months out after the, that, that event. And we ran a DeFi hackathon and, and projects like, uh, you know, Mango and Psy Options um, and, and a few others came out of uh, out of the second one. I think we had somewhere on the neighborhood of like 100 projects and maybe 3,000, you know, participants total. And then it really, really started to ramp up um, mid-year in 2021 with uh, Solana season, um, where I think we got like 13,000 participants um, which I think is the largest hackathon ever, not, not just in crypto, but it, it, across the, the technology space. And so I think at that point, it, it became clear that these hackathons were like awesome opportunities for, for the community to kind of like come together and push um, to educate a, a, a new wave of projects come, you know, coming net new into the ecosystem. So when we run like surveys, I think over half of the half of the participants have never built on a blockchain before. So these are folks coming from traditional finance, web two companies, academia, and and kind of other industries that are that are interested in kind of dipping their toes in. And then by the end of the hackathon, they're they're ready to just jump in full time. And so that's that was really encouraging to see. And so yeah, like with you said, the last hackathon ignition, um, we had 568 project submissions and. And those are like pretty quality. They're not just like weekend hack projects um, where you drink, you know, a bunch of Mountain Dew and spend 48 hours. 
um, trying to create a proof of concept. These are like fully fledged um, projects that I think cumulatively um, over all of our hackathons over a year time span have raised um, about $380 million in, in external venture funding. Um, so yeah, these, these have, these hackathons are, are just really great opportunities if you're interested in crypto. Um, and so just a small plug, go to Solana.com slash Riptide if you're interested in joining our current one. Um, Google, Visa, Samsung, Coinbase, FTX, they're all partnering with us for this one. So um, yeah, should be should be a cool event. And then I think, sorry, your second question was about hacker houses, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so hacker, I mean, COVID has thrown kind of a, a wrench, obviously, in a lot of uh, things for, for a lot of folks over the last couple of years. But I think, you know, with the hacker houses, there's a lot of value in, you know, having having kind of like these community events that are focused on coding and learning about Solana um, in, 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 you know, all over the world. And so we, we've kind of had this vision for a while, especially there's a couple engineers on our team, Bartos and Jordan, um, who, who have kind of been leading the charge on these hacker houses. And, and they're really the ones like getting into the technical details at all these events um, to help people kind of get over the hurdle of learning about Solana. And so we just found it's, you know, they've been great in, in terms of like getting everyone together, meeting in person um, that you just don't, you just don't get that kind of like human connection online. And, and I think we're, we're running a, a few of these over the next um, few months. So if you're, if you're in, let's see, I think the schedule is Seattle this week and then uh, Singapore, Moscow, Prague, and I think Dubai. Um, so if you're in any of those cities, you're, you're welcome to stop by and hang out with the Solana community. So that's yeah. awesome. We'll make sure that there's links to uh, Riptide and to everything else on the show notes. I think one of the things, you know, as I said, again, there's this such a dire, I shouldn't say dire, but there's a huge need for engineering and dev talent on Solana. Um, you know, obviously that if there are engineers who are listening to this, who have been building Web2 before, the transition from Web2 to 3, especially with Solana, you have to learn Rust, you have to learn a few other things. You know, it's not eating glass, as Anatoly called it three years ago. It has gotten far better. You know, the the tooling kits have gotten far better. Um, there's been people who have eaten the glass who have, you know, kind of set the stage for people to kind of come into this world in a much you know better way. I think what I'd love to hear from you, Maddie, is in terms of sectors, you know, we, we actually define sectors in digital assets. Uh, obviously, DeFi, you know, Web3 has its own subsectors of things like composability and identity and reputation, um, you know, with gaming. That has been a huge one uh, where we've seen a lot of focus on the Solana ecosystem side. Talk to us about some of the sectors and talk to us, you know, about what you think Riptide is going to look like. Are there going to be multiple different sectors and, and kind of channels there? Or how are you guys planning that? Yeah, so I, I think we're going to see projects across the, across the board. Um, so we have five prize categories, um, DeFi, gaming, payments, DAOs, um, and just kind of a grab bag Web3 category because there's just so many long tail use cases that don't fit neatly into kind of these like existing verticals. Um, and, you know, what we've seen in the Solana ecosystem um, is that, you know, there's obviously very strong product market fit 
um, in, in DeFi just due to like the composability um, native to Solana, the, the speed, the fees, the kind of the capital efficiency that you can get um, on Solana is kind of unparalleled. Um, and then obviously in, in 2021, like NFTs, like arts and collectible projects, you know, took off quite a bit. Um, and that was the case also on Solana once this project called Metaplex launched, which is kind of the NFT standard of the ecosystem. Um, and so you're seeing like pretty, pretty solid volumes on, on NFT marketplaces like Magic Eden, which you mentioned. Um, and so I, I would expect to see kind of projects across the spectrum. Um, but yeah, specifically, I mean, given the the interest in in NFTs, I think there's a question of like, okay, well, what what are we going to do with all these like generative NFTs or these these projects? And I think that's where kind of like gaming is obviously a huge hot sector right now in the space, where a lot of really talented um, you know indie game shops and even like you know AAA game shops are are trying to 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 integrate NFTs and off and sometimes even DeFi mechanisms into, into new games. And so I would expect to see quite a bit of activity in that category. So for anyone who's listening again, that is got kind of technical chops, if you will, if they've been, if they've coded or if they've, they've been a developer and engineer, if you want to make yourself invaluable and probably have some of the best job security in the world, learn rust or, you know, teach yourself <laughs> rust over the next few weeks, as I said, again, uh, you will probably have multiple offers from multiple different projects uh, and they'll be the best friend of the Solana ecosystem because they do need the talent. There's a lot of interest there. There's a lot of build out. Um, and uh, that's definitely really good for you. Um, you know, Maddie, as I said, again, we'll put links to Riptide um, and obviously to uh, the Solana's kind of homepage there. I think just in terms of, you know, kind of final thoughts, on you know obviously you know the next you know few months here in Solana uh, and Solana Labs. So these hackathons are happening every few months. Is that correct? Yeah, we usually run about three a year. Three a year, okay. Um, and so for the rest of the year, do you think is there one sector um, or sectors that you think we alluded to gaming? But do you think there's one sector? This has been an interesting theory, and I'll just kind of unpack this a little bit, and then you obviously can share about this philosophically speaking. But it's been thought you know, that there would be specific layer ones that would own or be the predominant player in specific sectors. You know, Ethereum for a very long period of time, and again, I'm not an Ethereum maxi, I'm not a Bitcoin maxi, I'm a knowledge maxi. So anyone who's getting kind of hot and heavy here, you can cool down. But everyone, you know, for many years, you know, many years being two. People thought that Ethereum was going to be the winner of DeFi. That's where DeFi was going to live. And then as you alluded to, Mango showed up. You obviously had some of the AMM build out. You've obviously been seeing more things like Katana coming out. Um, and so, you know, DeFi is not necessarily now living on Ethereum. It's kind of across the board. And now we talk about a multi-chain world. With gaming, um, again, to the point that we were just talking about before, you know, there have been people who think that gaming will live on Solana because of the throughput and the finality, and also because of things like gas, which have been a little bit of a hiccup for those on the Ethereum side. Because if you're playing a game and you're trying to buy an NFT for that game, um, you don't want the NFT or the the actual gas being more than the NFT or the actually, you know, the gameplay itself. So, you know, obviously L2s have been evolving to the Ethereum ecosystem like Polygon and Arbitrum and Optimism. Um, so, you know, do you think 
Is this a theory that actually works out or do you believe that there is really more of a multi-chain world or do you think that there will be certain sectors that live on specific L1s like Solana? It's a good question. I don't think anyone knows the the, the long-term answer, but I think in the short to medium, I, I definitely view it as a multi-chain world. I mean, you just look across like Ethereum and Avalanche and Solana and even even stuff like Near and Phantom, like there's pockets of you know developers that are you know working on the weekend and you know community members that are really passionate about about those communities um, and chains and and as long as that's the case, like I think there's going to be developer activity and, and interesting projects coming out of all of these um, ecosystems and and hopefully bridges and other technologies will be able to connect them more seamlessly. Um, so I, I, I'm a multi-chainer, uh, for sure. Um, but you know, who, who knows what's going to happen long-term there, there is a theory, you know, like you said, that there's going to be some sort of like power law distribution, um, to, to some chains, but I think we're so far out from that. It's, it's maybe not even worth discussing it today just because everything is so positive. Some we're just trying to get, you know, more and more folks interested in crypto generally. So yep. yeah. Great answer. Maddie Taylor, Solana Labs, thank you for coming on. Uh, again, we'll make sure that everyone has links to Riptide and to all the things that are happening on the Solana ecosystem. And uh, hopefully, maybe towards the end of the year, we can catch up on all the activity that's happened in the ecosystem. Thanks for coming on. Awesome. Thanks, David. Thanks for listening in to Layer. If you like the show and all the different guests that we've brought on, please give a like and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you do listen to the podcast. Also, if you want to have a conversation or reach out to me, you can reach me out on Twitter at David J. Nage. And let's talk there. Or also you can find me on LinkedIn. And I look forward to having great conversations with you all about digital assets.